This podcast is brought to you by the Pan-European Network Connects with Children. We aim at developing better medicines for babies, children and young people by establishing a coordinated approach to facilitate the delivery of high-quality, regulatory-grade pediatric clinical trials across Europe for all age groups and diseases. In the project, 35 academic and 10 industry partners from 20 different countries have joined forces to overcome the hurdles standing in the way of clinical trials for children. Together, we are creating a world with better medicines for babies, children and young people. To know more, visit our website connectwithchildren.org or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date. Welcome to another episode of the C4C podcast. I'm your host, Rita, and in this episode, we will be talking about ethical principles in pediatric clinical trials. What are the basic ethical principles? Why are they important? And how should you respect them in practice? We will be talking about this with expert Pirko Lepola from Finland, Executive Secretary of Finnish Pediatric Research Network, and working also in the C4C National Hub in the Helsinki University Hospital. First of all, thank you for joining, Pirko. Before we go on on the subject of today, could you first explain to us what pediatric clinical trials are exactly? Thank you, Rita. Well, a clinical trial with children or adolescents mean that children are patients who need new medicines to treat certain diseases, which are only seen in children. And a clinical trial is a very carefully planned study, which is done by a doctor who is specialized into that specific disease area and have expertise in, in working with children. These doctors, they work like researchers, and when they are doing this trial, they will see whether this new medicine will work well and whether it is effective, safe to use for the patients. And that medicines which is studied can be totally new one, or it can be a new improved version of the old medicine. And clinical trials uh, can provide really new opportunity for better outcome, and it can help, help other children with the same disease to also have this new medicine. And this is possible because after the trial, the medicines will be authorized, and then it will be available in hospitals and pharmacies in many countries at the same time. And these trials are done usually in children's hospitals or children's clinics, and these are very strictly controlled and regulated by laws and guidelines. And could you clarify why we need specific trials for children, separate from those from adults? Well, this is an important question, because all over the world it is now understood that children are entitled to have an equally good, high-quality health care as provided for adults. And it is also well known that there are not yet enough medicines available for treating various children's diseases. And therefore, it is essential to understand that children have many diseases which does not exist similarly in adults, and some rare diseases are only present during the childhood. During the past three decades or so, doctors and scientists have learned that medicines for children's diseases need to be studied specifically in children within all age groups because adult, child, adult medicines are not suitable for children. Uh, 
And children need more accurate doses. Medicines must be safe and effective and easy to administrate and take, even for very young children. The difference between adults and children comes from the biological and physiological facts. As you can understand, there is a big difference between a 2 kilogram prematurely born baby and a 100 kilogram grown-up adult. So the clinical trials are needed in all age group of children because the human body and the organs processes and deals the medicinal compounds differently during the growth and maturation. And it differs also depending on the age and the stage of development. Thank you very much, Pirko, for explaining this first. Let's move on to our topic of ethical principles. To start off, what are these principles and what are the most important ones to consider in clinical trials with children? The most important ethical principle is that participation to clinical trials is voluntary for everyone, always. And, and everyone can decide whether they want to participate or not. And the same principle applies to children and adolescents. If someone is not willing to take part to the proposed trial, that does not affect on the normal standard care. And everybody is treated normally as they would be uh, without the clinical trial, according to the best available healthcare practice and, and treatment options. An equally important principle is that before anyone can start or participate to clinical trials, they need to give consent as an agreement for that. And this is done during the infant consent discussion, called also an interview, which must be done at the beginning of every clinical trial. And during this interview, a study investigator or someone else from the study personnel must explain about the planned study in details. And children should be encouraged to involved in these discussions. After these interview discussions, children and their parents can agree to take part in the trial. And children can give own written agreement, which is called assent, if they are capable to do it. This assent needs always additional legal permission in the form of consent signed by a legal guardian or parent on behalf of the child. And the child's ability to give this own assent depends quite much on the age, the level of understanding, the health condition and other circumstances. For example, if there is a, a case of acute illness. And all given information to children needs to be age adapted presented in child-friendly manner in, in formats and including, for example, pic pictures or videos. The written language should be easy to read and understand. And one additional ethical principle is that children and their parents can also decide to discontinue or withdraw from the trial at any time during the trial before it ends. Excellent, that's very clear. Now Europe has recently updated the rules concerning pediatric clinical trials. Could you tell us what the most important additions are? 
Yes, this new clinical trial regulation indeed includes several factors which have positive impact to clinical trials with minors. There is a clear demand for study investigators and the study personnel that they must be trained and experienced in working with children. This is kind of a new demand in a legal text. And the new feature also in there is the mandatory requirement of the lay summary of the study results after the trial have been completed to be publicly available in the new clinical trial system, the European CTIS system. And the lay summary must be written so that it is easy to read and understand for everyone. And could you clarify what the differences are with the ethical principles for clinical trials with adults? The biggest difference comes from the limitations of the capacity to understand of children and adolescents when they are under the legal age of competency. And in Europe, it means usually people under 18 years of age. And due to this capacity limitation, minors are not able to make own legal decisions when it's about very important health issues, and especially when it includes some uncertainties. And these are called risks or any potential inconveniences or harm or extra burden or anything like that during the trial for the trial participants. And as children do not have this full capacity to understand or evaluate this meaning of these possible risks or either the benefits, if there is new benefits for the children, this must be done by adults who have this capacity to make the decisions. Of course, this capacity evolves by age and maturation and adolescents are more capable to do these type of decisions by themselves and take part to this assessment. And which are the important potential pitfalls in this respect? Well, probably from a child's perspective, the most common pitfall is talking only to the parents during the discussions and the doctor's visit and, and not directly to the child. And another one could be if this study information is not designed to be suitable for children. And this may cause a misunderstanding if this is not supporting correctly the child's own decision-making in this informed consent interview. After the break, we will go more in detail on what are actually the ethical principles in pediatric clinical trials. So stay with us. This podcast is brought to you by Connect with Children. We aim to establish a coordinated approach to facilitate the delivery of high-quality, regulatory-grade pediatric clinical trials in Europe for all age groups and diseases. In the project, 25 academic and 10 industry partners from 20 different countries have joined forces to overcome the hurdles standing in the way of clinical trials for children. Together, we're creating a world with better medicines for babies, children and young people. Want to know more? Visit our website, connectwithchildren.org, or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to stay up to date.
was wondering if there is a special training for researchers who are working on pediatric clinical trials. Well, this is really good question because in Europe, as we have 27 different countries, there are very much differences between these countries what type of training is available for healthcare professionals. And quite many countries, there is some basic trainings, but not enough specially designed trainings for pediatricians and research personnel. But this situation will hopefully change quite soon because the Pan-European Clinical Research Network Initiative Connect for Children have designed several different virtual uh, training packages about pediatric clinical trials. And these are targeted to investigators, to pharmacists, research nurses, and, and also for patients and families. So, Pirko, we already talked a little bit about children's rights to decide whether or not they want to participate in a clinical trial, but let's expand a bit more on that. How can they concretely express their agreement or refusal? Well, uh, if the child has some competency to understand about the trial and is capable, for example, to read and write, the child must provide their own assent, as I explained previously. But otherwise, the child can uh, can express the willingness and agreement orally, and that is confirmed by these legal guardians then with informed consent. But it is good to remember that children may express the disagreement differently depending on the age and maturity. And it can be verbal or it can be various type of nonverbal expressions like fear or the signs of stress. And on the parent side, what are the common prejudices or misunderstandings regarding clinical trials? And how can you address these prejudices? Well, probably the most uh, challenging part might be the concept of randomization. When there are two or more treatment groups and or a control group in a trial and the participants cannot decide or select this certain treatment group. And this may cause hesitation when deciding participation. This is especially the case where, when, there is a, when the comparator is not active medicinal product called a placebo. It is an inactive ingredient. Then there is a, like 50% chance to get that inactive product. It can be like saline solution instead of active study medicine. But it's good to remember that it's never unsafe to be in this placebo group and the child's health is will not never be at the risk. But it's essential for investigators to explain the reasons uh, why this randomization is needed. It is used to avoid any false research results and to get more reliable study data. And for example, to confirm whether the new medicine is better than the comparator product. Sometimes the hesitation may come also if the study medication is very new product. And then it needs to be explained that medicines for children are developed and tested very carefully before these are administered to children in these clinical trials. 
And I was wondering if maybe you could give a concrete example of a case where there were some ethical issues and how they were resolved at the time. Well, these, of course, are quite rare cases, but one practical problem can be during the infant consent process. If, for example, the child does not agree with the legal guardians or parents about the participation, And the similar problem is when there is a disagreement uh, between the child's parents who might be divorced and they might have shared custody, but totally different opinions. And if these cannot be solved and there is a strong discrepancy in the beginning, there might be difficulties later during the trial and it can be a really big risk for the trial conduction. And in these cases, Uh, it might be better for the child and for the whole family that the child is not included if it's expected that inclusion would cause more troubles than, than clear benefit. And going back to what you mentioned about Europe, we have so many countries with so many different regulations. So are there really important differences between countries concerning ethical principles? Well, if the basic ethical principles have been accepted and adopted similarly, I believe, all, all, all around the world. But internationally, there is some differences between the used terminology because some of the terms are not fully harmonized across several or all countries. And another difference is that every country, independent country, have their own national autonomy and national legislation, which is telling also the, the guidance how the informed consent documents and, and assents are done for the clinical trials. And there is also differences in the requirements of the legal signatures from parents or legal representatives to these consent forms. So these are the main differences I, I can think And I have a last question. So how is C4C concretely working on ethical principles in the field of pediatric clinical trials? Well, one of the most effective ways to share updated information of research ethics is to provide continuous training programs. And these programs need to have easy access to research personnel and for the patients and families also. And another way is to develop new young persons advisory groups, which are the young people themselves, and to enable uh, to share this information and, and for the young people to learn about the pediatric clinical trials within e these groups. And the most concrete way of what the C4C can provide is the expert advice to through the trial design and trial conduction according to the very high quality ethical principles. And this is the core thing, that the trial must be planned and designed at the first place so that it meets all these high ethical standards. That was all for today's Connected Children podcast. By supporting clinical trials, we're working towards a world with better medicines for babies, children, and young people. To find out more, visit our website, connectwithchildren.org, or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. 
Thank you for listening and tune in next time for more great content.